Well, that was dramatic. Um, and that's the only way I know how to do it. Mm, mm. Pete, you are a messy boy and you love drama. Well, uh, would you like to guess what music I was pumping myself up to before listening to this? I'm going to guess that it wasn't the elevator music that Anchor makes you listen to while you're waiting for the friend <laughs> you invited the record oh, you to said join. It. You said it. We're friends. You ah, said it. Crap. Crap. <laughs> oh. oh. Delete. Pawn delete, over. Delete. delete. Pawn crap. over. We're friends. Oh, dank Farrick. Now I can start drinking. <laughs> oh. Sparkling water, that is. It's a oh, work week, buddy. everybody. This well, is a, not this for is your a... boy. Oh, not for your boy. I'm off tomorrow? Your boy is me, and I'm off oh, tomorrow. Let's go. To volunteer. So basically oh. work. Yeah. Is the pod work? Sometimes it feels like it. Sometimes. Sometimes it really Sometimes. does. The main part where the pod feels like work is when I have to come to terms with what your miserable schedule is and the fact that I am somehow chained to it. <laughs> oh he has a tournament <laughs> i have to my life has to get moved all around which is true um which is true <laughs> which is a very somber turn which is true uh-huh. it is like you make you make sacrifices yeah you yeah. know yeah sacrifices. As, uh, as pod friend Again, you said it, not me. I, this is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, this is man. like recently I um, previously the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me was I was dusting off my LinkedIn profile and I think I hit like follow a friend instead of connect with a friend. Mm-hmm. And then I texted that friend I was like, hey, you know, not being a creep, just trying to dust off the LinkedIn profile or whatever. And he was like, oh, cool, you should connect with me. And I realized I hadn't um, connected with him. So I was just texting him and saying, hey, LinkedIn or whatever. That had previously been the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me in my life until today. Until just now. That word. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually know, and we'll talk off mic of something that's been more embarrassing for you. But that's more of something you witnessed that's embarrassing. For Not me? That you... Yeah, for you. I witnessed, but it wasn't... Okay. Yeah, so this is something that you witnessed, that, but you didn't directly... Like, you're embarrassed because of something you did, which was admit that we're friends. But I right. think that you've... I think you've witnessed more embarrassing things. Oh, but I wasn't the embarrassed party. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm just looking now. All right, so... Um, Nolan informs him that his unit is being re- reassigned. Is Nolan the cap? Is that the lieutenant? That's the look. I'm a Spider-Man guy now. That's the Harry Osborne looking guy with the, the uh, intense nose. Yeah, Nolan. Nolan is. Nose. I can't say too many bad things about Nolan because I teach a bunch of Nolans. And they also have the same disposition of wanting to punch somebody in the face. Yeah, I mean, look, um, this guy shows up. I'm not going to say it's bad to be born to die, but, you know, you show up and you're looking like that. 
with that mm-hmm. face in this show, you're not gonna make it out the episode. Oh, I, I would, I would uh, agree with that. This is I, this week is gonna be a. I, after last week, we kind of bemoaned having two shows to talk about. I think it has reinvigorated the discourse on this podcast. I really like last week's episode. I had a fun time talking about both and kind of weaving back and forth between the two. And I really, I mean, look, I'm not going to like, you cannot quantitatively say one show is better than the other. One episode is better. Oh, you than can. Other. Yes, you can. <laughs> but the, <laughs> oh, well, I think we're going to disagree on that, but, but the, I, I like the idea of, fictionally pitting them against each other and, you know, gun to your head, blaster to your head, having to pick a, a winner between the two or whatever. And it, it does make me watch them. Like, the whole versus element of it is just something I thought would be funny to put in the title when we were trying to figure out how to cover both shows. But it does make for an interesting, like, <laughs> I'm watching Mandalorian and I'll be like... Ooh, that's gonna be tough for Bad Batch to beat, or vice versa. <laughs> and it has, uh, it, it's given me a little something extra when I'm watching these shows on Wednesday morning by myself with my coffee, and Wednesday night with Ms. Colombo. Yeah, this is about the closest you're gonna get to like sports, where you know you're rooting for like you, you got two teams you oh, like, and you're close? like, oh, I want you know. I want one team to do better than the other, but they're both playing each other. There's got to be a winner and a loser, which everybody knows our top pick, you know, who we picked to win the episode. That episode is, that, that series is good. The other is trash and they should get rid of it or yeah. continue it on. To they the should get rid week. of it. They should undo it. <laughs> they should do a good batch where they actually didn't mess it up. Oh, and I disagree. They should do a woman DeLorean. One Mandalorian. Uh, Mandalorian. They try, yeah, they're trying to do that. I'm just trying to think that, of any other that's, uh, that's, that's for Bo-Katan. That's, that's what they're trying Boy, to do. Boy, is it. Because here's yeah. my other thing. In putting together my notes for this week, uh, last week, I during the record, I think, came up with the idea of, of we pick a winner each week. Cause it's only, and it's only going to be four more weeks of this but i figure we pick each of us picks our winner for the week each of us picks our mvp for the week which is you know a character across the two episodes that was our favorite or performed the best you know in the scrimmage and then i figure we'll tally up points at the end uh which will be the finale of bad batch but not the finale of Mandalorian. though that will be tricky because that week will be three episodes. Yeah, it's gonna be, be great. Two episodes of Bad Batch and one episode of Mail. I'm very. I'm. I'm. So I'm, I'm looking. Up, I'm looking but. forward to that. Immensely. Yeah, it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be wild. We have. Yeah, we have only. We have only what three weeks? Yeah, three weeks left. Is it? Well, no, this is. Oh right, because this is episode twelve. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Wow. Yeah, because next week we got our our um, penultimate episode. And I only say penultimate because you... there's still listen, listen, listen. Okay. There's your the pro voice only... bingo card. All right. Keep saying penultimate Ob- and not understanding obvious... what it means. Obviously, penultimate. The episode penultimate is tipping point. Um, it's even in the name. But next week's episode is titled Pabu. 
So we're gonna <laughs> finally, Pabu. we're finally gonna if get this. Pabu like, is not MVP next week. Oh gosh. Like, is that the is that the Zillow Beast? Is that what its name is? It's Pabu. <laughs> like, like Omega just like stops and sh- she's like, it has a name. Pabu is gonna be like a puffer pig or something. It has a name called Pabu. It's gonna be a baby habipore. Oh my gosh! Well, here's the thing. I feel like um, this is the this is the season of of just going all out with monsters. You know, you got Zillow Beast last week, and then Mando was like, "Hold my drink, Mythosaur," <laughs> and it's also only the eye, the eye of the Mythosaur, the eye of it, and a bit of a skull. And you get also, enough. We also you get, get enough to know, of the silhouette. We also get to know about the eating patterns of the mythosaur, which is drag your prey to the bottom. Okay. Let them sit there for a while and then what? watch. Yeah, Let's yeah, yeah, just yeah. dive. Okay. We... There's other things I want to talk about before we get in these episodes. We just kind of dive right in. Yeah, I'm glad you say in. drag it in because here's my whole thing is, was he dragged in or did he just step and it was deep and he fell? But he has his jetpack. Right. Oh, no. Did he put it on? Did no, he, put he took it... it off. He took it off. His jetpack he and all took... his weapons. Because to me, I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, he got dragged. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, why you would fall that, just You don't fall that far down. Yeah. And he, he went down very quick. I mean, she had a jetpack and was chasing him and had to look. You yeah, you were falling. You were falling that fast, but he's got very heavy armor. Because the the I don't I don't feel like he was just what dragged and then dropped at the bottom. Why wouldn't it just grab him and put it in his mouth? Well, and Bo-Katan was introduced last season or season one? I think season two, right? Season two, episode yeah, three. like three, something like mm-hmm. that, where because they drop off he, the lizard mom. Yeah, the lizard mom, the frog also, lady. That's when he gets like tricked by the pirates, and yeah, like it's you know is about yeah, to get drowned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like I don't really remember his armor being that heavy and like bringing him down. But also, I'm not looking to bring this episode down. I loved it. Okay, and here's the thing I loved about it was, although it's a crosshairs episode, right? We're kind of moving towards some like. Um, movement of is Crosshair's finally going to join the Bad Batch again? Right, and Which I mean, hugely <sighs> exciting because I've we've I've mentioned this before on the pod, and I'll mention it to anyone who will listen. But I think that genre fiction and popular fiction writ large is, I mean, and Star Wars is a particular litmus test for this. Like Star Wars is all about redeeming villains, but within the same step, it's all about. They're redeemed and then immediately killed. So they never have to grapple with their sins. They never have to face judgment for them by the world that they've punished. Kylo is only held accountable to Rey. You know, Vader is only held accountable to Luke. They're not left alive to for, for society at large or like for a larger group to, to bring them to justice or whatever. And in, in, in some small way, like, I'm hoping, you know, crosshairs could be an agent for the examination of what that looks like. Because there aren't, I mean, listeners that we don't have, fans who don't email us, you know, if you have an example, 
please send it in. But it's I, I it's there's not there aren't too many versions of characters who really are taken to task for what they've done. Like you think about in Marvel, like there's Loki and he's sort of allowed to become more heroic, but he's never like really taken to task for the things he's done. Fast and Furious movies, same way. All the villains join the family eventually, but they're never really taken to task for the evil that they committed. It's just sort of like the audience will forget because the actor is charming. Crosshair yeah, like, is not charming. I mean, he's not like Han, which also, what? <laughs> um, still... <laughs> Han's not I'm, a villain. I'm like, four, I'm like four or five Fast and Furiouses behind. Oh, um, you're out of control. Yeah, well, here's the other thing. I mean, we we physically see his redemption, right? Where he is, um, you you see the scars of what he's done, mm-hmm. and then he's going through it socially and psychologically mm-hmm. that we've seen throughout the course of it, and then he's witnessing it through the people that he chose to ride with, and the connections that he has. So in this one, it's Mayday, who is um the clone. Mayday, man, oh man. Yeah, and did you did you notice that that um that line? I think it's a Rex line to Ahsoka, which was in my like the experience. Oh, in my experience, yeah, yeah, experience means Out more than rank. rank. Yeah, yeah. Which also, I think he commander outranks lieutenant, which makes no sense why he kept taking these orders. Yeah, who knows. Yeah. And he also he also made a drops a straight up crosshairs quote where he says we were good soldiers we followed orders so you have him echoing all kinds of clones. I mean honestly, look Entertainment Weekly who recently released a top clones article oh out of nowhere. Oh my and, gosh! Look, it was so an embarrassing bad. article. It was, but it's even more embarrassing because like two weeks later Mayday comes around like this is a pretty great clone. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's also. It's similar to when we talked about Mando last week, which was, you know, he's in this cult, but he has life experience. So you were kind of, he's weaving that, like, uh, when he's talking to Bo-Katan of, like, is it cursed or is it livable? Make up your mind about that. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, this week with Mando, I just loved it. Like, seeing seeing Mandalore for the first time. um, In live action. In live action. Because we've seen it Which, on Clone Wars, we we have seen it on Clone Wars. Now this is the most splendor. detailed. We this is the most detailed we've seen outside the domes, because the way it's described in the cartoons is basically it's these like magnificent domes, and then everything else is like a wasteland outside of it. Well, and, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because yeah. we see the we see the glass cities in the domes as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Clone Wars, which here we just see kind of in shambles. Yeah. And which which made me thinking, like, it's 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 interesting. Like, Mandalore is such this huge power, blah blah blah. Um, it really has a lot of parallels to Alderaan, where it just got completely wiped out. Its people are all sporadic, sporadic mm. throughout the galaxy. It doesn't have the same kind of type of infighting, other than you know Leia. Then you have like um, <laughs> uh, special forces, Cardoon. <laughs> Uh, and there's, but, there's, I feel like there's one other notable Alderanian in the comics, but I'm I'm drawing a blank, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. 
And so it is, it is another civilization, you know, like she says, you know, this was, this, this was a civilization, the great society, the great society. Yeah. And I mean, it is crazy to think about because when they wanted to flex their animation muscles, they did that in the Mandalore arcs. Boy, and, did they flex like, you the could, heck out of it. And you could see the scope of the city. And honestly, like, the, the cartoon, the, you know, Clone Wars prepared you for it. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, it was magnificent for sure, but I, I already knew, I had already been in that lived world by watching Clone Wars, yeah. by watching um, those, you know, probably like, what, five or seven episodes that were in Mandalore. Oh yeah, so, there was yeah, it was it was a, there was definitely a handful. You go there in season yeah. two, you go there in season five, you go there in the in that final season, yeah. Um, and it's yeah, Mandalore and the glass cities in particular, specifically, I guess, famously leftover design work from Revenge of the Sith. There's an unused planet that I believe was going to be in the original longer cold open for Revenge of the Sith, that was going to be sort of a galaxy-hopping state of the Clone Wars cold open. Oh, and then really? that, that ended up getting recycled for Mandalore. And, in, like, yeah, I mean, in the animation, you could see people through the floors and things like that. It was, I mean, it was a flex. It was a very early flex for, yeah, season two. Season two is the first time we go to Mandalore. And it was, I mean, I remember thinking, oh, wow, this animation's really good. I mean, every season of animated television, I think that now, and I'm surprised, but that was an early high point i think and then it, it it did make it it's one of those things like the purgle last week i gotta give credit here it's one of those things where i do think if you're a fan of the animation and you have more context seeing the purgle or seeing the ruins of mandalore there's an extra layer there but if you haven't seen it you know it's still an interesting visual wrinkle or you know it doesn't detract from the show that you haven't seen it but i will say like i did find the color palette of it all kind of drab well i get that it's beat up mandalore but just like all mm -hmm. the like dour greens in the fact that it like was clearly like a green screen or the volume or whatever it just wasn't it wasn't i didn't enjoy looking at it i don't think you're supposed to Right, yeah, like I don't know. I don't think I'm supposed to like dislike looking at it though. Like it's ruins. I get that it's ruins, but I think ruins can be compelling. And I don't know because like when they descend into the sewers, that got a little more interesting. And then look, buddy, have you seen this guy? You know this guy that I'm talking about. Have you seen this guy? Oh, Porky. He's a you little know this por- eyeball. You know that's Porky, right? Oh god! <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> I, 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 when he like looked at the, the only when he thing at the helmet, you could say I was like, oh, that would make me dislike that character. That's Porky's helmet. <laughs> Poor Corky. No, yeah, oh, Corky, the, right? Yeah, I'm not Porky. The eyeball man. Oh my god. That gave me some like Mad Max Dude, Fury Road stuff. It was that was, it was so awesome and unsettling. Oh my gosh! I'm just watching. I just had the see. I'm watching the episode on mute as we have the discussion. And I mean, Ms. Colombo and I, the robot shows up, and I'm kind of like, okay, whatever, big droid, whatever. And then I'm like, wait, that big droid has 
one like living eyeball mm-hmm. and then it opens that freaking hatch and a little creepy man comes out and then it starts sucking his blood and then the head comes off and look this is the coolest thing I've seen in a minute well, that was very upsetting in a very cool way because unless unless we've seen the com- the comics and maybe you can speak to this better like the building of Grievous like that's a technology that has not been outlined but like obviously Grievous isn't the only Grievous out there oh yeah clearly because I mean that was very much a vibe from that thing but then no information on it which is perfect I don't want to know don't tell me so mm-hmm. creepy I don't want oh, to wa- know you don't want to know that the cannibal aliens are called Alamites the Yeti people yeah, the Yeti. Y- oh, I don't Yeti. care if they live or die. They're nothing. I found them very uh, uninspiring. They're fun to watch well, get beat up. Well, the thing about that, too, is I was I was um, thinking about, like, oh, this is how Mandalore treats their Gungans. Like, this is another race. Mm. And, you know, they're a militaristic people, so they let them live in the in the wastelands. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm curious. I mean, they, they certainly... Um, lead to the saying of like oh they're gonna eat you if you don't kill them right but i'm curious if that's actually the case or not or if that's similar to you know in boba fett where where the plant's been poisoned but like in boba fett where like he he interacts with the sand people right and both and and, uh and like indigenous population yeah Yeah. now um jinjimunji he does not give them anything and uh immediately goes to work not very well um, so it is cool. And this whole thing with the dark saber and it being heavy all of a sudden was that a thing with Sabine and Ra- I mean, it was decidedly not a thing in Clone Wars at all. No one ever had trouble with it. It was not a thing in season one and two of The Mandalorian when Moff Gideon had no trouble um, with it. I remember I mean... Sabine needing to be trained a little bit, but I don't remember it being because the lightsaber was heavy i remember well, no, being no, no, because no, no, it was no. a lightsaber it, it starts getting heavier um yeah i i i i can kind of remember that in the training scene in, in the neutral jedi planet that they went to hmm. um but which I speaking mean, of they... by the way i don't know if it's on disney plus or not it's on the blu-ray for rebel season four but the episode where Sabine gets trained with the Darksaber, Dave Filoni does commentary on, and it's um, very good. The commentary track. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I um, I mean, they're clearly showing a, a big difference between... Um, it was season three. Bo- Bo-Katan, who, like, you know, is more capable than Jinjimunji. Right. Um, which... You know, they do this like weird. You know, oh, you thought your dad was the only Mandalor- Mandalorian, and it's like, um, and then Yon is like, no, Bo-Katan. I never said that. I've literally and, looked at other Mandalorians. This is so presumptuous of you. I'm fifty. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> That's what I had in my notes too. Excuse me, I'm fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I get that you're 70 and in very good shape, but um, I'm, <laughs> I was I'm... doing the math and I was like, well, I guess there's a version where like in Clone Wars, she's like 19. 
Mm-hmm. And it was like a, a very young woman. Yeah. And then now she's like 40, 45. And it, you know, sure. Okay. Regardless, she is older than Boba Fett. Yeah. Like and definitively. <laughs> um that's sand. That, that sand yeah. does a number on that sand does a number on you. That's but we also got you. And that snow see... that snow will do you in. Oh my gosh. I whereas you we don't have a description of the of the uh, monster that takes Mando. Mm. I would have liked to have more of a description about why this did you know are these raiders that are going after them? Are they not? Like, there's, there's only there. There's so many of them. They're you don't get any. Oh, all right, makes perfect sense. I was like, why are we seeing their faces or what they look? Oh, it must be Mimbins. It must be Mimbins. Those Mimbins can't catch a break. You know, they fight on the mud planet. They fight, um, in uh, this ice planet for sure. The the how many rotations did Mayday say he was there for 32 or something like that? Like a long time. Yeah. 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 It was, Um, and it was interesting, the ice planet of it all, right. And the ice planet of it all and the friendship of it all, because it didn't occur to me until the very end, but it's like, you know, you have an inhospitable environment. And among that you have like kind of an emotional, mm, a, a climactic, emotional moment for a character and it it this is now something that there's like a pattern of in star wars and rebels we have in that episode where uh zeb and callus get stuck on a nice planet together right and then i'm also thinking i mean it's easy for us to brush aside now because we're so familiar with it but in empire strikes back the hoth kind of serves as like an emotional shorthand for the audience for where Han Solo is versus where he was in A New Hope, right? In A New Hope, he's out for himself. He comes back in the end, but it's still like, I don't know how committed is he to this thing. But then Empire Strikes Back, we have him going out into the ice, going out into the elements and saving Luke, risking his life against the elements to save Luke. So we have this sort of through line of like, barren snow and ice being a proving ground for your for your moral worth i guess in star wars or for what you really believe and it you know yeah thinking back on it and putting it in a lineage with previous star wars stories kind of reinforce it for me but man when he's kneeling at the end of this episode and you just see the shadow of that vulture Oh yeah, that was incredible. That was freaking incredible. I mean, that just that you know, yeah, it's animation. You know, ideally a kid will enjoy it, but I'm seeing a moment like that, and I'm just like, that's cinema, baby. That's cinema. <laughs> oh my gosh! Give him the Oscar. Give him the Oscar, Isaac. Give him the Oscar, Isaac. Let him take over the show. Yeah, I what well, here's something and I felt I felt bad because I wish I could have told Mayday and Crosshairs when they're like, Oh, we were defending this armor the whole time. I wanted to tell them like, bruh, that armor sucks. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I was like, Your armor's so be much a, better. 
is this going to be the uh, like there is no cargo situation? How so? I was just, I was just like, were they? I while I was watching it, I was wondering, are they going to find out? Oh, there is no cargo. This is just like a fool's errand. They're just like leaving the clones here. Yeah, but it wasn't um... armors, the replacements, which is, I guess, more insulting. I mean, it was per- it was a perfect thing for them to like, yeah. They they're guarding their replacements because the thing too is like, we we see um, at the beginning of the episode, there's that um, guy who's like, "What am I going to do now? What am I going to do now?" And then um, apparently the the woman that tells him like, you know, you're gonna you're done, get out of here. She is um, Lieutenant Bragg, which was in like the first or second. Um, in the first season, it was like the first or second episode when there's that senator who's being like told to like give in to the empire, and they have to like rescue that senator. Yeah, yeah. She she was the she was the imperial commander there. Okay, because I saw Lieutenant Bragg in the credits, and I was like, well, I don't remember who that character was. I was having trouble thinking of who. Okay, interesting. Yeah, no. Yeah, because it is it is crazy how quickly they're like. I mean, it's probably not going to be a, um, that much longer before all the clones are literally out, which is, yeah, like, for all the descriptions in the comics of, like, Darth Vader's troops, there's no way that those troops were good um, stormtroopers at this point. They would, I would still imagine they're still, you know, clones. The crazy thing to think about is Rex is gone and Cody's gone. Yeah. So they're really... Like, those troops, who the hell are they? I mean, we're not going to see Vader, I don't think. Um, oh, in, in the 501st, you mean? Yeah, in the 501st. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what it, what's the 501st comprised of? But, yeah, knows? I'm sure at some point we'll find out. But, yeah, th- I mean, this episode and this whole season, really, has done an interesting... I mean, to, to me, the clones have always... Oh boy! All right, like sort of been analogous to like slave labor. I mean, okay. they're an indentured population. We find that out for definitively in the deserter. We have Kalukwaif. He he doesn't want to fight, and his only option is to go a wall, and he's going to be hunted down for that. He has to go into hiding. He was born to be a soldier. He doesn't want to be a soldier. That's not an option. He has to mm-hmm. run away to not be a soldier. They have to be soldiers. They have no choice in it. They're indentured. And it sort of becomes this sin that the Republic is stood up on. And all of a sudden, the foundation of the Republic becomes an enslaved population in a way. And in this season of Bad Batch in particular, they really are beginning in a very compelling way to highlight that. I mean, I do... I believe that that was an intentional thing on on George Lucas's part. I believe he intended that. I don't think I'm reading too far into that, finding that. But I also think that it was downplayed for whatever reason. And I think Bad Batch is bringing that into the light. And this season, they are really treating the clones like a disenfranchised group and showing what that looks like and watching them be shuttled from one place to the other and i mean in this they're they're literally treated like property in this he calls them equipment 
Oh yeah, that I mean uh, he 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 said it was um used equipment. Yeah. 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 And Which so when you're so... like what happened it... to the clones and this this is a very upsetting and compelling answer to that question. We're never going to see it though of uh, like where the hell like where does where does Nolan come from? Like Yeah, where are but, you know it's just it's just Palpatine's like Barber's uncle's nephew. It's just like he's a he's a nepo baby, hundred percent. Right, and it's just like, were you not watching the war that happened the last like five years, where they like did everything? Like, yeah, you think? I mean, maybe you're like, oh, you know, since every like there's no threat because everybody's been defeated, right? Like, like you're going really into fascism, but it's like just to like treat them like that. It's like they're clearly better than you oh but there's i mean there are plenty of examples in the real world where veterans can't get the time of day from people in power also yeah you know i don't i don't think it's insane to be like oh this this population was fighting a war since you've been alive and you are here pretending that they are a tool free to use i mean i think that there is unfortunately you know very real world parallels to just that happening yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I just, I mean, the cool thing about, like, the the creation that George Lucas did is, like, there's so many, um, co- like, inconsistencies, right? Of, like, the Republic is was built on this indentured servant labor, but slavery is illegal. You know, Padme right. says that in episode one. And then we get to Mando in, in that first episode where Grief Karga's, like, we don't want the new Republic here. We want it to be this gem. And mm. it's because, you know, they can't even, the new Republic couldn't even reach out and get there um, if they wanted to. They can't enforce that and protect them if they wanted to. So there's just this, all these big kind of things because, like, we get to Tatooine. We're at the Boonta-E. We're right before the Boonta-E classic. Boonta-Week? <laughs> Boonta-Week? Look, <laughs> I don't care. Pelimoto's there. I'm there. I just, I, I just loved the idea of. I mean, we, this happened in episode nine at the trigger you with life. Uh, what was it, Life Day? <laughs> no, it wasn't life. Was it life? Was Life Day in ep- episode nine? Life Day or, is in the pilot for the Mandalorian. Uh, for the Mandalorian, right? So they're kind of building these, you know, events, right? Like the Boonta Eve classic is just referenced in episode one, I believe. It's the pod race. The pod race is the Boonteef classic. Oh, okay. The Boonteef classic is what Anakin does in episode one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just the idea that, you know, people come over the galaxy and they uh, get fleeced by Jawas. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's going to be three months. Uh, okay, it'll be faster. It'll be faster. Is he still there? Paint this part. Paint this part so it looks like, it looks like it's uh, not the same part. Brilliant. So, so so good. Um, I'm I'm I was so happy that we got to kind of open with her. Um, she and what of the R five of it all? So where we have this droid who is from Star Wars, OG Star Wars, A New Hope, and he finally gets his big day and goes it... on a big adventure. Oh, that's the one that R2 R5, um, goes... R5, the droid with a bad motivator. 
Wow. That's, that's great. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, also, he's a coward. I, yeah, I like that part, Which too. is enjoyable. I actually really, I do actually really like that. I, you know, yeah, it was, it was I, in Rebels, they were always saying, like, oh, if R2-D2 is a dog, then Chopper, the astromech droid in Rebels, is more of a cat. And they did, like, that that came through that was enjoyable and i now that you put it that way i'm like oh yeah r5 is a coward <laughs> like okay <laughs> he's not maybe like bad motivator he's lazy i'm like no he's not lazy he's a coward <laughs> and what i'm like he's... have we seen a cowardly we've seen r2 scared and his little whistle but not necessarily well, being a coward he's a coward and he has the worst owner to be a coward with yeah because Mando's like, yeah, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Like, that wasn't, no, what do you say? That wasn't a request. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you uh, you have to go do that and then just get rocked by cannibals who were never going to eat you. But apparently they're just going to, they're going to mess you up a little bit. Um, do we, are we going to get IG-88? Like, this, this is like Dude, the second time. No, we didn't get to touch on it last week because we, I, you know, it was in my notes, but I, I don't even know. Like, why are we? Yeah, the IG-11 thing. I guess well, he needed it to spelunk with. But then uh, now he's going spelunking without him. But he's still got the thread open to get the motivator or whatever he needs for the IG thing to work. Which, like, fine. Look, I like IG-11. I like Tiger TV, But I'm also like, he blew up. He didn't fall down a hole. He blew up. He exploded. Yeah. Well, like, oh it, no, actually like a vast majority of him is fine. Well, the other thing too is like we we clearly know where Bad Batch is going, right? Like the end of Bad Batch, we have mm-hmm. um yeah, we have we have crosshairs at that facility, right? You we mean know this that season? The, yeah, this season. We know oh, we know sure. where it's yeah, right? We know crosshairs is at the facility. They're gonna like try the and beast. Him. Yeah, we got uh the like two Kaminoans, and then somehow they're going to get there, right? Yeah, uh, probably. The, the crazy thing about Mando is like almost everything from the trailer is done, right? And we still have, we have dude. I thought we were going to have to wait all freaking season for this episode, and I kind of hated it because they outlined all of it in Book of Boba Fett, and I was like, "Well, thanks for telling me what the whole next season of the Mandalorian is." So I thought. The whole season was going to be building up to this, going to the mines. So I was freaking thrilled that we're already there, that this is already happening. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea what's next. Yeah. I mean, I guess I have like, some, you know, Mythosaur, Uniting Mandalore, blah, 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 whatever. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, I think some, like, there's a bunch of cutscenes in it that are, have a bunch of Mandalorians in it. So... I mean, I assume that's like whatever when they reunite them, blah 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 blah. But um, yeah, I guess yeah, at it's... some point probably Bo-Katan and the armor will meet each other. Yeah, that seems well, like I something mean, that has to happen. Bo-Katan and the armor, and then I would really—I mean, I don't know. And Mythosaur actually... has to kill all the Purgles. <laughs> Gotta well, eat them. I think one episode they're going to reserve certainly for Ahsoka. Like you can't. Oh, you think? I, Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be Purgle as Ahsoka or something like that. Because that's, that's kind of what they've done with these shows, is like interconnected to them to be like, hey, by the way, get excited for this. You know, we had that like Mandalorian the Marvel episode. Method. 
the Marvel method. You know, we had um, the Mando episode in Boba Fett. We had the Ahsoka yeah. episode in Mando last last season. So I it, it would it would surprise me if we don't see something connected to it. Like it'd be really yeah. cool if we see Sabine for the first time. That would be cool. Yeah, because um, I talked we talked about this a little bit last week of like where where is her mental state? Like a lot of a lot of this destruction. Like she she left to go find Ezra because it seemed like everything was cool, right? Like mm-hmm. she gave the dark saber to Bo-Katan and uh, they seemed like they were on the on the right footing. Q to an entire civilization getting wiped out on both of their watches. Yeah. And then she has the whole, she has the added guilt of she built that, you know, one of those weapons that was used um, to work on that. Yeah. So. Now, talking of all these spinoffs and, and teasing other shows within this new interconnected Disney Plus streaming universe or streaming sect of the Star Wars galaxy, I thought this week offered an interesting alternative to that mode with Bad Batch and Mandalorian because I, you know, look, this episode of Bad Batch and then the last time we saw Crosshairs, I think it was episode three of the season. And I mean, they're both killer episodes. So in my mind, I was like, you know, you're going to, you're going to endear this psychopath character to people just because all the episodes he's in happen to be really good. But that kind of got me thinking about it. And it is, this is like, I feel like there's another world where Boba Fett and Mandalorian is treated more like crosshairs and bad batch. And in lieu of, you know, book of Boba Fett, we get maybe an episode of Mandalorian that focuses on what Boba Fett is up to, much like these episodes of Bad Batch where they're taking the time to cut away from the batch and go to crosshairs. And I think that the way Bad Batch is doing it is proving much more captivating and compelling and is is providing more unique and potent stories than the book of Boba Fett did. Yeah. Well, another thing, too, is I, I have to admit where... I am way too much of a fan to be critical of any of this because like I agree with that. But as soon as Ahsoka's there, I'm like, I, that's all I want to see. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not hundred percent. Cause I mean, yeah. Ahsoka, Ahsoka is not Boba Fett. You know, Ahsoka is something else entirely. <laughs> like, look, like, Boba Fett's got a cool helmet. I didn't go through like an emotional journey with Boba Fett. <laughs> I didn't, yeah yeah it's it's there there i mean there there i don't know if there's any other fictional character that i feel like i grew with as much as with ahsoka so i mean yeah i'm obviously you know when when you're bringing in ahsoka the conversation gets extremely biased on my yeah, part for sure. but using boba fett and crosshair as, as an example is because i mean it look even within book of boba fett it was effective because the best episode of Book of Boba Fett is the one where they just check in on the Mandalorian. Yeah, I would agree. But it was, yeah, it was, because I mean, again, like, if this was live action, you know, there's a world where it's like, okay, Bad Batch, but then we also have Bad Batch Presents Crosshair, and it's a whole different show, and it's just Crosshairs, and it's like, you probably get burnt out on it. I mean, look, Crosshairs is, is, is interesting in small doses, 
But I mean, every week of that guy, I don't know. But as is, I mean, his two episodes this season are maybe the best two episodes this season. Yeah, and, and granted, you know, you're not a big tech guy, so when it's the tech uh, pod racing episode, you know, like, yeah, yeah. they were you were kind of doomed doomed from the start with that. But like <laughs> the, the, the the impressive thing about the outpost episode is that the first crosshairs episode has Cody, right? So it's like you have you have Cody to kind of carry a lot of it because mm-hmm. we're very interested in what happens to Cody. We want to see you know how much turmoil he's in over what he did to Obi, what he thinks he did to Obi Wan, and um, kind of go through that journey. We want the Rex Cody interaction, which we're gonna get. I don't think it's gonna oh, be boy. as we do need the Rex Cody interaction. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be as. Um, it's not gonna be what's what's in my head canon because my head canon, like I I wanted Cody to kind of be more like locked into this. And then, you know, having to basically have that standoff with Rex, it seems like, you know, Cody is going to, I mean, he's already pretty much hinted that he's, he's defecting. Right. So um, it'll, it, it's a, it'll, it'll be great for us to see, but yeah, crosshairs. I mean, Mayday was one of the best clones that we've seen for sure, Oh yeah. but you know, he had to lead it. Right. Like he had to uh, get, be annoyed with Nolan no one had to be the worst. Oh so man, and just annoyed, but unflappable. Like he never let Nolan get to him. Like he never rose to the bait. He was always just like quick with a comeback. And I'm already like sad to be talking about him in the past tense. Well, like also, I was saying, like he was unflappable, and then now I'm remembering his death, and it's upsetting me. No God, one's death. I'm s- no Mayday. Oh, oh. <laughs> like... I mean, look, I'm not gonna advocate for vigilantism, but I'm psyched that Crosshair has killed that guy. <laughs> oh, he um, was the worst. That sucks that Mayday died. Yeah. I mean, it's it. They're doing a, a good. Other than kind of brag, who we didn't really know was had multiple episodes or even until a name. I, or or a name. They are doing a good job of divvying up. We were talking about divvying up, and <laughs> good save. Yeah, so div- divvying up. You don't the... care because it's my week to edit. You don't care if there's a clean transition. That's not your freaking problem. It's fine. Divvying up, divvy that up. Um, of just having different, you know, British villains, right? Like Rampart, off like was super mega confident. Uh, pretty good villain. We have that whatever Doctor Doctor Creepo that's going to be our Roy villain for the rest Hemlock. of the season. Oh my God! American gosh. actor Jimmy Smith. Duck. Oh really? Oh. Wow. Good for him. Um, I do not like him. I I want him to uh have bad things happen to him. I don't like not him, but I Jimmy don't Smith. like him in the right way. Yeah. Um, but it's it's. Like in Rebels, they they had like a 
oh, this is Empire, this is the Dolty, blah, blah, blah. They had a problem with villains, which is why they had to bring in, like, between um, the Grand Inquisitor and Thrawn, you didn't have much that you could really name, right? Like, I mean, you had Darth Vader and Maul, Gar Saxon. Yeah. Uh, so you really, really had no one. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> yeah. So, well, the brothers, the brother guy, the sister lady, mm-hmm. you know, the Inquisitors. Yeah, I really don't want to have an Inquisitor. Well, I guess we're not going to have Inquisitors this season because it's so completely separate. Um, I mean, what? Oh, right. Pabu is next week's episode of. Um... Oh, no. Is there a description? Ooh, is no, the description. I Pabu makes some new friends. <laughs> Pabu makes a good batch of good <laughs> friends. Um, here, let me. I had a, I had, I didn't have Pabu pulled up, but I, I had because it's Pabu, Tipping Point, The Summit, Plan Ninety Nine. Yeah, I remember that Plan Ninety Nine was the finale. I definitely remember reading that. Yeah, I mean, Which... that's a pretty that's a pretty loaded title, I think. It yeah. seems very much to be set up to be like an antithesis of Order 66 or another in the lineage of things that clones are maybe pre-programmed to do. Yeah. Well, maybe it's like something that Lama say that was like her like uh... if she if she if she had like more foresight or well she she makes a comment that the chancellor was overconfident yeah well yeah because you gotta wonder i mean if you're a kaminoan and you're making these clones surely you would have the ultimate fail safe the ultimate ultimate fail safe would fall in your favor like you would build in fail safes for whoever you were selling the clones to to be able to control them. But like you would have, you know, double, triple, you know, fail safes for, well, what if I, you know, what if I get in a uh, Daenerys situation, season three, Game of Thrones, and she buys all my slaves and then kills me with them? Yeah. Plan 99, <laughs> baby. Oh, man. I have not thought about Game of Thrones in a while. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I'm gonna take a break again. Um, but yeah, so what? That's um, it's it it it's crazy to think the Bad Batch is literally almost over, and it just like feels like it hasn't it, the season hasn't feel felt like that long. But like we have been recording episodes. Yeah, we're in we're in month three, and wow. it's it's it really the season really hasn't had that kind of it, it it's felt like it's not really moved anywhere right like said i get what you're saying yeah i mean because i i mean i love the the show i'm not but it it does and i wonder how much of that is just like last year we were coming in you know we didn't know we we had not a huge idea of what to expect so things were just more surprising in general. 
And now sort of the status quo of the show has been set up and it's easier to sort of anticipate certain things in a way that like for the first half of the last season, we were maybe still finding our footing within this cast. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. I definitely, am, I, I definitely am in agreement with that where it feels like, yeah, I mean, we've been with Sid the whole freaking season. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, is she going to betray them? Is she not? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it, it seems like, you, you know, is, is Pabu who they're going to send her after? Send them <laughs> after? And they're going to have to kind of deal deal with that. Pabu um, is the, the blood robot from Mandalorian this week. Pabu ends up, uh, Pabu ends up getting snoke. shot, and they're like, "We can only save the eye. Is that okay?" Yeah. And then, and then they're like, "I thought his name was Corky." <laughs> well, Pabu was his middle name. Pabu, uh, Pabu Corky was his pa- legal name. Pabu uh, Corky Satine. Crees. Oh, also, gosh, I, I don't really remember. So, um, Satine. Satine was her first name. Duch- right. Duchess Satine was the leader, right? Right. And then Bo-Katan was her Bo-Katan's cousin? Sister. Sister. Or, sister. Sister. Okay. But then, because, yeah, now I'm saying, you know, I'm talking to my work buddy who's also all up on all this stuff. And I'm like, weren't they maybe adopted sisters or something? Or, like, I don't I mean, it's just like they don't to have no mention of her sister during that whole like trip down memory lane that they take. They keep talking about her father, which is like, well, we never talked about him before. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is, you know, the dad, like she, he's dead or gone or whatever. By the time yeah. we get to the. Die um, for Mandalore. This is the way. All right. Beat feet, buddy. Yeah. And that's something that she's not directly responsible for, right? Like she, she probably has a tremendous amount of guilt over what she led to, you know, her sister right. dying. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's like, she is, because I, I can see. That's a good point. Like she's, she's getting back into the fight, right? Like she's completely given up and she's like willing to go um, to basically a tourist spot that like yeah. no like nobody in their right like like I live I live like in you live in Northern Virginia and somebody comes to town they're like hey I'm going to DC DC and then yeah, they yeah, go yeah. to DC and their kid comes back to Fairfax County Virginia to your big big mansion and says will you go to DC with me it's Friday at 4:30 p.m. and my dad is lost <laughs> oh man but yeah so she's getting into you know like she's. Um, not being as like super dismissive when he's talking about the stupid creed, yeah. um, right? Like I don't think she's buying into it, no. right? Like she she recited the words for the the masses, right? So she which knows is, the words. I did like because it speaks to sort of like, oh, these words mean very different things to very different people. Like they're mm-hmm. the same words, but you can really based on your upbringing, you know, those, those words can be used to manipulate you in a, in a number of different ways or, you know, yeah, they can be I mean, used I... to talk you into, I guess, just walking off of a cliff into the ocean. I love the Bo-Katan, like, let's get rid of him. Like, let's get rid of him for good. Yes. Um, part yeah. 
where because we keep thinking like when's this fight gonna happen for the dark saber and yeah you know, they like they like the they highlight she, oh she looking gosh. at it but she's not going for it like but she also is... as far as i'm concerned by her own rules or whatever rules she needs to have that thing it's hers now i mean i guess because Kirby, if I'm wrong, he offered it to her, right? And she was like, no, I have to win it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Corky and his little iRobot defeated Jenga Jumanji. And at that point, the Darksaber belongs to the creepy little Corky robot that then bo relieves the robot of the Darksaber and vanquishes the robot with the Darksaber. So to my mind, by the line of succession, that Darksaber goes to her via combat, as she always wanted. But then she gives it yeah. back to him, and he takes it back. So I don't yeah. know. But I, mean, unfortunately, I also think I'm, she's I'm... over it. Like, I think she's at a point where she's like, I can't help my people if they don't want my help. I don't care about the Darksaber anymore. Because, I mean, she even says, like, you go lead them. You swing it around and you go lead them. They'll follow you if you swing that stupid thing around. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe it's meant to be like, no, Bo- Bo-Katan's in a different spot now. And she tried to help her people through one avenue and it didn't work out, but maybe she's, like, revving up to be willing to try a different avenue. Well, and it's also, like, she's she's getting brought back into the fold. Unfortunately, Johnny F is in charge of this whole thing and that's like his baby so we're going to hear about the Darksaber for probably about 30 minutes of screen time <laughs> over the next six episodes and oh, there's no way is. we're not there's no way we're not going to get really into it but I mean we saw um, that sh- her ship was awesome that it like I all right let, let me get into the po'boy of the week the po'boy of the week whoa hold me. on hold on okay okay okay, okay, okay. po'boy of the week is MVP and yeah. we gotta we gotta pick the winner and we gotta pick the MVP. But yes, and and keep in mind, I am tallying these points. We're gonna add them up. We're gonna see who wins. Whatever okay. that means, I don't know. So okay. it's you know Echo Boys v Pedro Boys or whatever. So it's the show that won this week, and it's your MVP. Okay, so my MVP for this week mm-hmm. is Little Yanni. Um, Little Yanni, really. Little Yanni, because we... He, Who has he doesn't not wanna... come up... Has come up once this entire conversation. Well, I, I I wanted to talk about it, but I felt like as you're talking about the MVP, like, it was it was honestly the best part of the episode was... What are you talking about? Are you, are, are you serious? Him, Which part? His, 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 like, trying to... Trying to um, get... Like, trying to save Mando... And then his chase scene and all of that, like, really? Oh my gosh, it was so good. I mean, wow. Yeah, for I, I was, I loved every, I loved every second of it. Of like, he's scared, right? Like, he, yeah, yeah. He, you, you keep expecting him to just like I grab mean, look, the saber. I'm not saying it's bad. I just, if I was talking to somebody about the standout moments of the episode, I never would have gotten to that. Interesting. Oh my gosh, I. I mean, it, it's so good because it also speaks to, like, their relationship, right? Like, he's, um, like, what, Don Quixote, and then what's the the sidekick's name? Or no, is it Don, Don Quixote's the sidekick? I don't know. Okay. But, um, like, you think that he's going to go for the Darksaber, right? 
and he's trying to do his yeah. best to rescue. But like Mando knows what he's capable of, and he's like, "Go, f- go find um, Bo-Katan." You have that chase scene, um, and then you have you know him paying attention to like what Mando's been teaching. Right? We had that exposition of like you know if you know the maps, you're never going to be none, lost. None too subtle exposition here. Yeah, and that that heart like it you you bought in so much when Bo-Katan's like get the hell out of here I don't want anything to do with you yeah. and then she just sees that and like that's a puppet that is a puppet that she um that she was oh, no acting against, that she was acting against and you buy it right you yeah. buy that like he is so uh, the little Yanni is so concerned you know down, download where that droid came from go and do all of that now they take their good old time getting to him um, so that he's been drained of whatever fluids um, are at that, but like whatever fluids, just say like, blood. Okay. Yeah, whatever it's, fluids. Um, just say blood. blood. Okay, his blood, right? And then you know we get some of the force powers that he's just casually using. You know, like in the first episode, he's using the force to get himself a snack. Uh, he used the force to like flip. jump. I don't know. <laughs> That the flip so to Pelimoto. Like somebody threw a puppet. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like somebody just threw a puppet at Amy Sedaris. Like they were like, act! And threw a puppet at her. Which, um, yeah, I, 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 I loved, I mean, it was, it was the culmination of, you know, it's not just him being saved, right? It's um, their partnership, um, it's a father-son kind of relationship. I mean, they're part of a clan, and uh, yeah, it was it was great. I loved it. Interesting. And the and what show won out for you? Oh, uh, Mando for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I gotta tell you, I'm going Bad Batch again this week. Okay. I just I don't know. I just I like its sensibilities a little more, and I appreciate its pacing, and and uh, it just feels like a little leaner and a little more potent than than Mandalorian has so far this season. That said, once again, I mean, look, if I only made it halfway through this episode, and then I don't know, power went out, and I had to record this show, regardless, I would be like, look that eyeball robot all the way oh wow but i I got to watch the whole episode and in a big bad way once again bogotan is my mvp and i know i said that last week and last week it was just because she looked so cool sitting on the throne and telling jenga jumanji he was in a cult but this week it was twofold it was just the whole suite of action sequences she went through saving jenga jumanji First fighting the weird little Cyclops, the Yetis, and then fighting the robot twice. Uh, but also just her and Katie Sagoff playing that character, and Katie Sagoff being the same actress that portrayed the character in Clone Wars, and then being in the dilapidated location that we saw in Clone Wars. And kind of like we were talking about earlier, where with like a character like Ahsoka Tano, it's impossible to not bring bias to the table when, when you're... Uh, confronted with that character, um, just the Clone Wars of it all, Bo-Katan and the Clone Wars of it all, and like 
this character. I mean, I remember Bogotan showing up in season four of Clone Wars. She doesn't take her helmet off. She has like very few lines of dialogue. She's basically it's basically just like, look, it's a girl Mandalorian, and Katie Sackhoff is the voice. Like it's a very small part in that episode. Um, but it, I mean, that character was much like Boba Fett, you know, interesting, instantly visually compelling. And then watching that character become something bigger and bigger and bigger as Dave Filoni's sort of saga within the saga has unfolded. And there's just something so wild about having, I mean, if I were to decontextualize it for someone, it would be like, imagine your favorite cartoon character from when you were a kid, but now it's like a movie it's like a live action movie and the cartoon character is there and they're back where they were in the cartoon, but the place where they were in the cartoon is just ruins now. And the cartoon character is a real person like you now. And they're just taking you on a tour of the dilapidated ruins of the cartoon you liked and sort of talking about it as a very wild experience. And it was also well, one of those things that like, brought it all together, you know, and reminded you of like, oh, there is sort of supposed to be like a grand narrative to all of this. So Bogotan is my MVP once again. <laughs> well, there's something else to be said about one, you know, and like Grogu, Mando, they're the show, right? So like for me, and it's similar similar to you of like, this is the emotional payoff. We're getting payoff of we've watched you know, Grogu throw, go through all of these things. And you're like, the, you can believe the connection that he has with Mando. And mm-hmm. he is, you know, a character outright has these emotional connections. And just through that, you know, one scene, which, you know, speaks to Katie Sackhoff's um, acting um, acumen that you just buy it so much, right? Like something terrible must have gone wrong for little Yanni to, to, to be at that, that point. But yeah. There's something to be said too of like, Bo-Katan is not a character that is a main character. And it's one of those things where it's a supporting character that's so good you get bumped up, right? Um, I'm, like I just Second recently listened billing. to, I just recently listened to um, Elizabeth Banks being on Cohen's podcast. And she talked about that because she was on um, 30 Rock. Um, she was the like love interest to Alec Baldwin. And mm-hmm. She 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 had she was there for two episodes or four episodes, and then she turned that into like a multiple seasons, um, just from people being connected to her specifically. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's those are two really good MVPs uh, for us to choose between. Well, we're very we have very good taste. Yeah. And this is, uh, we're being spoiled with content. Sure. To say nothing of, which we dove right in, I didn't get to say much about it at the beginning, but second issue of the Son of Stars comic came out this week. Very good issue. Third issue of High Republic, The Blade, came out this week. Three out of four. Look, this uh, Port Angle miniseries, it's particularly good. I've got some mm-hmm. big takes on this miniseries, my guy. Okay. Yeah, we have we have so much content 
Because we, we and didn't I can't even... wait to shut it all down. <laughs> six more like... weeks. Six more weeks and we get a big break. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also like they they squash Kevin Feige and um, what was the other Patty one? Jenkins, uh, Patty Jenkins, apparently. Rumor movies. has it. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're talking about Taika, obviously. And then I, I didn't realize that this um, Charmaine Obaid Chinoy, which I'm, I'm definitely uh, mispronouncing, so I'm looking forward to getting a better uh, pronunciation of that um, soon by watching some interviews with her. Um, but she's, she has a movie, uh, apparently, and she directed Miss Marvel episodes, which I hmm. love Miss Marvel. Yeah, I love this so, one too. I'm not. I wasn't. I didn't know she had um, a Star yeah. Wars movie. Interesting. She, she. So those are those are the two. And then Ryan Johnson, like he has. I don't, the, I don't think. Yeah, he, the mythical trilogy that's never gonna freaking happen. Well, he has. Yeah, he has. Uh, apparently, hasn't even started them because he's yeah. been so deep into you know uh, things where the fans aren't monsters. Hey, yeah, kick rocks. You think I forgot? <laughs> Oh man, uh, and the and the great thing about Ryan is he's such a nice guy. He's coming back. Like he, it, that is not going to deter him whatsoever. Um, he's just so successful that it's taken. Yeah, a little but bit he's of... so successful he doesn't need Star Wars. Is the thing. Yeah, but I mean, he'll, he'll, I mean, I'm I'm really looking like when I saw that. Um, we you know we were looking at um, some articles back and forth of like those projects, and I was like, who the hell is this Charmin? Um, Abide Chinoy, and I saw that like she has a bunch of Oscars for document documentaries, and then she has some a bunch of content that I I have not seen before. But the Miss Marvel stuff, um, I'll have to see the specific episodes. Very very excited. But hey, we didn't even we didn't even get into news um, because we have just so much content from from this. Now, do we have to decide who is the ultimate MVP, or is it just going to tally? Um, both of ours because did we i don't remember if we no we agreed on bocaton last week i believe we agreed on bocaton last week um i mean i don't know probably a little bit both i mean i figure yeah. we you know the way i see it we'll have the tallied up mvp of like right. who got mvp most if anyone and then we could also individually decide between the what 12 13 cumulative episodes of Mandalorian and Bad Batch that will have aired at the same day who who the MVP was. I mean, it'll probably be us, honestly. It's <laughs> really not going to be the fans. You know what you can do, fans. It's not going to be the fans. <laughs> and it yeah. probably is going to be us. <laughs> I, I promise you, fans, it won't be you. I got to tell you, fans, first get Crocs, second, I know what you're thinking. They're leading us on. This whole 2023 Fans Kicks Rocks initiative has just been like a big April Fool's. Oh, because look at that. This is all ending in April. It's going to be an April Fool's thing. And it was just a big lead up to them saying, oh, fans are the MVP. It's, I swear to you, it is not that. You can kick rocks all day and all year. Yeah, yeah 100%. Well, um, next week we've got um, Pabu. Pabu, cool. and then baby. We got Pabu, and then we got who's going to ride the Mythosaur? And yep. how big is that eye actually going to be um, in scope? Because the Mythosaur, we've, we've only seen it once, which was the Christmas special. I have not watched it. 
Um, yeah, if we ever were, if this podcast had been successful, and we had like a Patreon and people paid money, we would have watched it. I have it. I have a bootleg of it. Miss well, Colombo got it for me for Christmas or my birthday or something years ago. I've seen it. It's I'm hard honestly, to watch. I'm honestly shocked. You would do a very bad job. I don't even think you can watch Return of the Jedi without fast forwarding through scenes. So you would do a very bad job of watching it. Wow, interesting. I um, I, I mean, we were so desperate for content. We watched those Ewok movies at one point yep. when we cared about content. Yep. Um. So I'm I'm kind of surprised we never got around to it for that. But um, hey, this is for us. This isn't for you. So yeah. Boys Podcast at gmail.com. You can send thank yous. All right. That's send all you rocks can do. you've kicked. Okay. Uh, take a picture of a rock that you kicked. You can send yeah. it to us. Take a picture of a rock with your shoe print on it. Yeah. You need DNA proof. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. <laughs> Later. Bye.